Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Gen Nation, we are finally back. It's week one. You know, I don't even know what to say. I am so happy that we are finally here. We got NFL football on the screen right now. Bucks Cowboys in the third quarter. Maddie is joining me as always. Ryan, as we know, is not back this year, but he'll be back at some point for sure. He's not. He's not gone forever. Just gone for right now. But Maddie, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man. And uh, as a Cowboys fan, you know, this has been a, a nice welcome site to the to the start of the season. Uh, the offense looks really good. And the defense has been playing uh, well also. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really used to, to smart game plans from the coaching staff. And, uh, you know, you can't really run on this Bucks front seven. And, and Dallas has just gone completely away from the run game in this game. Uh, and Dak's thrown the ball 40 times as he throws an interception, uh, right as I say that. But um, he's thrown the ball 40 times here and it's not even halfway through the third quarter. So, uh, you know, as a, as a Cowboys fan, you know, it's good to see that they're going to kind of scheme to, to what the defense is going to allow them this year, which is nice. And, uh, you know, that offense is, is high powered, maybe not as high powered as your chiefs, uh, offense, but that's okay. Uh, they're, they're up there with them neck and neck, I think. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a good night over here. Uh, enjoying this, this first game of the season. Uh, but but definitely ready to to knock knock the rust off and and jump into this lobby and then talk some full week one slate action. Yes, so much that, and I am so angry right now. I have a showdown slate. I have a showdown team. Uh, it's looking amazing, except for I have Ronald Jones on that team. So fuck Ronald Jones. Uh, and real, you know right he's in the doghouse now that he fumbled, and you would think Fournette would be in the doghouse too because he dropped that little screen pass, but. He was back out on the next series. That's why I don't do Ronald Jones. That's why I don't do Ronald yep. Jones. So yep. anyway, let's just let's just get ready. Let's just jump right into it. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. There's no really, nothing else to talk about here. So listen, this this mat or this week one slate is absolutely amazing because there is so much value, right? And I think, at least for me, I don't know if you agree, but I don't think there's really going to be any higher ownership. Like I don't think there's going to be like any real major maker mega chalk. I, I think because there's so much value, it allows you to build uh, in so many different ways. And so I, is that how you're viewing this slate or, or do you think that? Yeah, I mean, I kind of at the moment, I don't really have a feel for where the field's going to go. So I kind of agree. Um, not only is there a lot of value across the board, but there's a lot of good games to attack uh, this week from, you know, a high total, not only just a high total, but like a high fast paced offenses uh, that throw the ball a lot. So um yeah, I, I think that this is a really fun 
opening week to start the season off with? Well, let's uh, let's start. So, you know, for us, we do things a little bit different. There's a lot of people that do this, and they just go kind of game by game. Or you have you have other uh, uh, DFS shows that give you a couple quarterbacks, couple running backs, whatever. We go try to go far more in depth with it and really talk through this just to give you a better feel of this slate as a whole. And so, let's start with the quarterback position. And remember, at the end, we will be building our first week one. Uh, um, you know, main slate quarterback, where are you starting this week? Cause like for me going back when we first started this, like there was definitely some players that really stood out to me at the quarterback position. And this week, like I, I have it narrowed down to where I feel pretty good about it because for one, there's no way I'm going to be able to get away from, away from Jalen Hurts $6,400. Like that game is absolutely, could go absolutely nuclear between Philly and Atlanta, two really bad defenses, two pretty, pretty solid applied point totals in that game as well. Um, but I also think that the, the Tennessee Arizona game, that game is going to be really, really hard to get away from because those two teams, I don't think, you know, you're not really scared of either defenses on each side of those. So, you know, really going, you know, Jalen Hurts at 6,400, Ryan Tannehill at 6,500, uh, you know, definitely in play there. Um, it, you know, it's been di- different too because, like, when I've, I've built some initial lineups and everything for me, like, I, lo- I love getting Calvin Ridley, even Ka- Kyle Pitts and, and some lineups, but I haven't found myself playing a lot of Matt Ryan. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just I, – I think you can go there, but I don't I don't think it's, it's a must. And then from there, you know, there is some lower-end guys that I think you could have some interest in. But where are you going at quarterback this week? Yeah, so uh, like you said, there's there's a couple games that jump off the page at you, and you mentioned the two that really stick out to me right off the bat, and that's Philly and Atlanta and Tennessee-Arizona. That Tennessee-Arizona game, the pace of that game, if we're, if we're talking about, you know, similar approaches to, to last year, you've got uh, Arizona who ranks second in pace of play, uh, in, in situation neutral and Tennessee who ranked third. So you're looking at two offense who just want to get up there and, and get moving rather quickly. And I, that game, I mean, neither team really played much defense last year either. So I, I, I got a feeling that that game could approach the 60 point total. It's one of the highest totals of the week and for good reason. Uh, but I think it's also going to end up being the most popular. I think you could see Kyler Murray coming in really popular, um, which makes me, hesitant to, to kind of get away from Kyler in tournaments and it's not anything against Kyler. I just, you know, like we've always talked about ownership's a big part of my process and and I'm going to force myself more so than, than past years, uh, force myself this year to really, really get on some low on uh, passing stacks. Um, so, I, you know, I think a guy that stands out outside of those two games uh, for me is Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Saints defense, uh, we've we've mentioned it multiple times, you know, in, in various videos leading up to this week. But the Saints defense, you know, they're not the same defense that they were last year. They're missing, you know, five or six key players, uh, whether it's just, you know, retirement or guys that, you know, change teams or uh, guys that are injured. It, it, there are a lot of missing pieces from the Saints D that, that we're used to seeing out there. Um, so while I do love Aaron Jones and think he's going to smash, um, I, I also love uh, Aaron Rodgers in the in the same breath. Like, I don't see a way this Packers team scores less than 30 points this week, so I'm going to have a ton of Packers exposure. Uh, playing in that dome in New Orleans, uh, we got your boy Jameis Winston on the other side who should be able to put up points. Um, so I, I like that game as a sneaky shootout uh, that that I think could go overlooked. I think you're going to see a lot of people just gravitate to one of the one of the like one player from each team. Like maybe people just play Devontae Adams or just play Aaron Jones or just play Marquez Callaway. 
uh, and they don't fully load up that game. And I think I'm going to be different by fully loading up that game. Um, and then the, there's two other quarterbacks that I really have my eye on right now. Uh, one is Josh Allen against Pittsburgh. You know, this Pittsburgh defense is one that, you know, it was okay last year. We're used to them being, you know, being able to stop everybody, but the defense really didn't play all that great down the stretch last year. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of people say, oh, well, Pittsburgh defense is like the best in the league. Well, nah, not really. Um, and, and we know the, the Bills are not going to run the football. So you've got, you know, 50 pass attempt Josh Allen. Um, Stephon Diggs can have his way against the Pittsburgh defense that plays a ton of man coverage. Um, I really like that that Bills-Pittsburgh game. And I think you, it's just an easy run back with Deontay on the other side uh, against a, a Bills defense, you know, that that can that allows a lot of short uh, short passes, which is Deontay's bread and butter. So that's a pretty easy way to stack up a game that's going to be low owned. Uh, and then I love, yeah, I know your, your boy Carson Wentz, but I love Russell Wilson on the other side. Um, I mean, we saw Russ first half of last year. He had, I, I don't think he had a single fantasy point game under 25 points um, until, you, you know, Kev, like you preached multiple times, you know, he got through that second half of the season uh, and teams had all the film on him. They started making adjustments, adjustments on the defense uh, against him. And, and they just, on the offensive side of the ball, they never made adjustments in Seattle. Um, so, you know, we're seeing in this opening game, you know, Tampa Bay, Dallas, that defense, like this Tampa Bay defense is supposed to be pretty good. And, and Dallas is just marching, be able to march right down the field on them over and over again. Uh, and, and I think it's because there is a slight edge to offenses in the first couple of weeks of the season. Communication is a, a big key uh, to playing defense. And I think that these defenses are going to take a, you know, a couple of weeks to, you know, get, get a feel for where everybody's at behind them. Uh, make sure everybody's on the same page and and really dial up, you know, uh, blitz packages and, and things like that as the weeks go on. But I think you see a little bit more vanilla uh, defenses in the first week, um, which can lead to higher weeks. And, and that's supported by, you know, very high scoring games over the last couple of years uh, in week one. So um, I absolutely love Russ. And that's another dome game, too. So um, Russ, Josh Allen and, and Aaron Rodgers are kind of where I'm leaning right now. But it really doesn't make me feel good not having Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. But right now, I think those are going to be the two highest on quarterbacks. So I'm okay with with kind of thinking elsewhere. I was actually going to talk about, yeah, I, I love that game as well. Like, I think that's another game that people are just going to kind of overlook. Because I do think most of the ownership you're going to see come in on, I do think you're right. I think it's going to be Kyler, possibly Ryan Tannehill. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts for sure is, is going to be up there as well. And I don't think – I think a lot of people are going to overlook – this 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 game and i think that's a mistake it's got like a, i believe it's a 49 uh point total uh the, the seahawks have one of the highest applied point totals this week at 40 or 26 excuse me and so i i do like this and like i think the way that you could do this because while russ is expensive and it is going to be expensive to get like dk or, or lock in your lineups but like the run back options on the other side of the game uh, other side of that as well uh for the colts because i mean the, the colts pass catchers are extremely cheap so mm-hmm. if you want to you know pair it up with a you know Michael Pittman or a Paris Campbell or whatever I, I think it, it makes for a really really easy stack to get on and so I do like that stack as well and I don't think anybody's really going to be on it um, or as not nearly as much as everybody else is going to be so I do like that one as well um, the other one I, I do like and I, I just feel like that 
wow, the, I just feel like this Chiefs game is being overlooked. Like, I think people are looking at this. And, like, I definitely think people are going to want pieces. I think, you know, Travis Kelsey, obviously, you know, maybe some Tyree Kill. But, like, nobody – I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about like, game stacking this game. And it kind of blows my mind when we're talking about one of the highest totals, or if not the highest total probably on the slate here. And the Chiefs have the highest implied point total on the week as well. And while the Chiefs are definitely expensive, but I don't mind not going with Mahomes and going with 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 um, with uh, Baker Mayfield, and and in this matchup, his pass catchers are extremely cheap. You know, uh, Odell Beckham or uh, Jarvis Landry, if you want to, or even on Austin Hooper. I think the Chiefs were terrible against tight ends last year, and so I, I definitely think that Austin Hooper could be in play here in, in this game. So. But nobody's really talking about this game uh, as much as you would think, uh, at least for early on so far this week. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess some of these other games are kind of sexy. But this Chiefs-Browns game has the potential to go absolutely nuclear. I mean, we saw in the second half of last year how Baker Mayfield started playing. I mean, he turned his season completely around um, You know, in the second half of the season. He became one of the best quarterbacks in the league over, that, over the second half of the season last year. And that was without Odell Beckham. And now you're adding Odell Beckham. And then Odell Beckham last year in the first half of the season had a 24% target share. Uh, you know, over the first 19, and he was what like wide receiver 19 and and in season long formats over that span. So I don't think Odell still has something left to the tank. So I like getting some Baker at 5,900. I think if you do that, it allows you to get some other pieces in, in your, in your, uh, in your lineups. Like I think it makes it really easy to play Christian McCaffrey and another high end running back that we'll talk about. So I like getting on uh, Baker Mayfield. I, I don't think he's going to carry any ownership, and I do think that is a mistake at his price. Yeah, that, that game is really interesting to me, too. Anytime Patrick Mahomes is going to be under-owned, I, I want Patrick Mahomes' exposure um, because he's got 450 yard and five touchdown upside uh, anytime he steps on the field. Um, I do think this Cleveland defense is going to be better this year. Uh, but again, week one, you know, if Mahomes is going to be unowned, then then I'm definitely in on that. Um, I know you're a big Donovan Peoples-Jones fan. Does he interest you at all this week uh, with, you know – well, we can talk about it when we get to wide receiver, but just since we were on that game, you know, I know there's been good reports on, on OBJ coming out of camp uh, saying, you know, that he looks ready to go and he's going to see a heavy, heavy workload week one. But I mean, there we've seen the Browns rotate guys in like Rashard Higgins and, and things like that. And there's been, you know, uh, DPJ has gotten a lot of, a lot of buzz in camp and talking about how he might be the next stud uh, wide receiver for that team. Uh, whenever, you know, OBJ and Landry decide, Leave, leave town but um i mean he's 3k and and you have to kind of get creative if you're full stacking mahomes tyreek and kelsey right because uh mahomes is 8-1 uh tyreek is 8-2 and kelsey's 8-3 uh so it leaves you 4200 per player um which is probably you know probably why i think mahomes goes underlooked because you can't play christian mccaffrey with those guys uh, you can't play Devontae Adams with those guys. You know, you can't play any of those other high price guys. Like you have to go all in on the Chiefs, and that's that's your payups. Um, so yeah, I just from you know playing around with a with salary, I think that Chiefs are gonna go overlooked. Uh, and, that, and that's that's terrifying. Yeah, it's like again, it's that we're not talking about like they're playing like you know, a really slow team or, you know, something like the Broncos or something like that, they're going to want to try to run the ball and, you know, just kind of slow the game down. Like, I just don't think that's the way this is going to go, um, you know, week one in Arrowhead. So, but with, as far as Donovan Peoples-Jones goes, like, I mean, 
I don't think people should be really surprised that he is because I mean he's a terrific athlete. I mean, coming out, I mean he has 86 percentile speed score and 99th percentile burst score. So he's he's just he was just really raw. And so it doesn't really surprise me. He's only 22 years old. Uh, he's definitely better than, uh, you know, the alternative of Rashard Higgins. Like, I've always thought Rashard Higgins is a bum, but whatever. Uh, so it doesn't really surprise me. I think he brings a different element, you know, to that really deep threat where you have the underneath. Because, I mean, not that Odell – I think Odell could still be a deep threat, but I don't think he, – he's not the same guy he used to be whenever he was in his prime, Right. He's yeah. had a lot of injuries that sap some of that athleticism. He's still a really good wide receiver, but he's just not the same, you know, he's not the all, you know, the elite wide receiver that he used to be. So right. I think that, that he, Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of brings that, that element of that deep threat to that offense, you know, along with, you know, Jarvis Landry, who's also, you know, Mr. Zero dot himself. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't mind that. So, um, and it's, yeah. it's, it's solely because, you know, you kind of have to get creative if you're stacking the chiefs fully. Uh, because they leave you no salary, and I mean that's a like none of the Browns other than Chubb really scream like very sexy run back on the other side. So I mean, if you're just gonna if you're looking for value anyways, I mean why not? If you want that game to mega shoot out, why not just grab a cheap piece from the other side that's a freak athlete? Yeah, one other thing I'll say too is that I mean there's a lot of people there's there's a lot of three K wide receivers that people want to play this mm-hmm. week, but nobody's gonna play him. So he's gonna no, be like a one percent. Yeah, he'll be less than one percent. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't hate it. Like I, I I think you know all he needs is to catch one long touchdown and yeah. you're in the money. And then you know if Terrace Marshall and Elijah Moore and they don't do shit week one, I mean because those 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 two wide receivers in them by themselves are going to carry a lot of ownership. Because of, I mean that's that's the guys that I, that I continue to hear people talk about. You know, all oh, these guys are only three K. You know, it, which don't get me wrong, I love Terrace Marshall and I think he's a decent play himself. But I would like I'm going to be curious to see where his ownership comes in because if it if it's something ridiculous, then uh, I, I I will have to fade uh, Terrace Marshall. So yeah, it's a it's a perfect week to not play any of those chalk super cheap wide receivers. Yeah, because it can go sideways uh, mm-hmm. really quickly. Um, I mean, it's it's week one and they're all rookies, <laughs> so like, oh, for sure. Um, I will say this: speaking of Terrace Marshall, though, I do think Sam Darnold is in play. Agree. If you're wanting to pay down a quarterback, I think he's the guy to do it with. You know, um, you know, pour one out for Ryan because if Ryan was here, he'd be talking about the uh, the double revenge game narrative <laughs> for uh, Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson. You know, I know he is Mister uh, Narrative. And so, yes. you know, with Sam Darnold only being 5K, I mean, and he, this is another really cheap game that you can stack up because DJ Moore is not that expensive. I think he's 6,100. And then you have uh, Robbie Anderson, who's, who's I think, 5,700. And then we already talked about Terrace Marshall. They don't, I mean, I, I, you're not playing Dan Arnold, but they don't really have a tight end, right? Obviously, Christian McCaffrey. But past that, like, this is a very cheap stack you can get on. Again, if you want to run something back, I think Corey Davis makes the most sense there. And Corey Davis is like, 4,800, I think, somewhere right around there. So it's a very, very cheap stack that if, if you want to open up a lot of salary to be able to play Christian McCaffrey, because I think you could do that. I have no problem with going Sam Darnold, Christian McCaffrey, and then maybe DJ Moore or something like that if you want to do that, maybe Robbie Anderson, and then running it back with a Corey Davis. Uh, I, I, that is uh, one stack that I that I found myself having some interest in. I don't know if that's something you'll get on, because I know you're much more of a – you know. Um, single entry, three entry max, only run one or two lineups, you know, in a given week. But for me, uh, I'm definitely going to have some lineups from Sam Darnold in it. Yeah, no, I, I actually don't hate that at all. Uh, I mean, he's got three really good weapons around him uh, and McCaffrey that he can just dump the ball off to. So, 
you know, production should not be tough to come by for him. I, I, and the Jets are a very bad pass defense, so I don't hate that at all. Okay, so you have any other uh, quarterbacks you want to talk about? I'm good on my end. Uh, I hit the the three or four that that I'm really starting to narrow in on uh, so far. Yeah, I th- yeah, I and mean, I think honestly, the rest of them, like you know, it's funny because whenever prices first drop, I remember everybody was really really excited to play like Joe Burrow and the, this mm-hmm. Bengals offense and yeah. everything else. But I think that's really cooled off. I don't really want anything to do with that. I don't mind like a one off of T Higgins, but I can't mess with around with Joe Burrow. And I, you know, I wish I could play Kirk Cousins, but one Kirk Cousins is too expensive. He's $6,300. It is a great matchup for him against the Bengals, but I just cannot do that at, at his price. And really kind of the same goes for Trevor Lawrence, 6,200. Like why play Trevor Lawrence? Would you can play 200 more to get to Jalen hurts? You know, I, I get it's a great matchup, but uh, you know, speaking of running backs, I would rather play James Robinson. Cause I think, of all the weeks that you're going to want to play James Robinson, this is 100% the week you want to play James Robinson because the Houston Texans are absolutely atrocious against uh, against the run. Um, so I, you know, I guess let's, let's just go ahead and jump over to the running back position where you have Chris McCaffrey, who's 9,500. You have Dalvin Cook at 9,100. And then Derrick Henry at 8,800. Alvin Kamara at 8,600. And Jonathan Taylor at 8K. Those are your top price running backs uh, above 8K this week. And then you have Saquon, who is questionable for this week, going against Denver at 7,800. Nick Chubb at 7,200. Austin Eckler at 7K. And then DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, which is absolutely egregious that that man is only $6,800. Clyde edwards Lair, who's 6,600. Miles Sanders, 6,500. James Robinson, 6,400. Najee Harris, 6,300. Joe Mix is 6,200. And then Miles Gasson at 6K. So uh, of these top guys, where are you coming in at? You know, how much Christian McCaffrey are you going to have at 9,500, which is an absolute steal because almost always, because I probably next week he's going to be 10K. Um, so to get him sub 10K, is definitely a steal. But where, where are you, what are these top running backs are you wanting to play? Yeah, it's definitely McCaffrey for me at the top. Um, I do think Dalvin is an interesting pivot. I probably won't end up there, but if I was playing 20 teams like you are, uh, I think the Dalvin-Minnesota Vikings stack, defense stack, is a very good uh, leverage play in tournaments off of Christian McCaffrey chalk. You know, we, we always play running backs against the Bengals and – uh, the Bengals, you know, they're they're dealing with some offensive line issues on their side of the ball. Uh, so, you know, they they may have some struggles moving the ball a little bit, which you know leads to shorter fields and, and more possessions for Minnesota uh, against a bad run defense for Dalvin. So, uh, I think he's interesting. I probably won't end up there playing only three teams, but uh, yeah, definitely McCaffrey for me at the top. Uh, it's with the Latavius Murray news. I know I know Tony Jones is like you know the hottest thing on on the 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 sleeper list right now. Uh, across season-long uh, drafts and whatnot. But it's really hard to get away from uh, Kamara thinking that, you know, he's going to get all the high-value touches in that offense. Uh, you know, he has been getting them, but it's going to be even more so now that Murray's not there to steal any goal-line touches away from him. Um, so he's very interesting uh, at 8,600 in that that Green Bay-New Orleans game that I like a lot. Um, and then scrolling down, Aaron Jones. Uh, here, I'm going to read you the list of – uh, Saints players that are no longer there on defense. Sheldon Rankins, defensive tackle. Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle. Trey Hendrickson, defensive end. Quan Alexander, linebacker. Uh, Alex Anzalone, linebacker. Craig Robertson, linebacker. Janoris Jenkins, cornerback. Justin Hardy, cornerback. 
that is a lot of defensive players that the Saints are going to be missing. And this is going to be a completely different defense than what we're used to, especially, you know, without Sheldon Rankins plugging the freaking middle of that line uh, there in New Orleans. So um, I I honestly it might just lock button Aaron Jones week one. I've been on I've been so excited for for him to have a monster season uh, for the last couple of months. And, you know, I think I might be able to get him at lower ownership because I think the narrative, like I'm seeing blurbs all over the industry, you know, saying Aaron Jones has a tough week one matchup. And I'm just like, that's not true. That's not true at all. So um, I think we can take advantage of some uh, too low Aaron Jones ownership. After that, I mean, yeah, James Robinson, I think, I think James Robinson is going to end up pretty popular, uh, especially at that price tag. So that kind of scares me a little bit. And especially because we don't know what, necessarily urban Meyer is going to do with Carlos Hyde. I'm not saying Carlos Hyde is good. I'm not saying Carlos Hyde should take touches from James Robinson, but urban Meyer does dumb shit and he can absolutely give Carlos Hyde some, some touches to take away from James Robinson. And if that happens uh, while Robinson's popular, then, then that's somebody I want to fade. Um, outside of that, I know you, you only stopped at six K, but kind of a game we skipped over talking about quarterbacks and I want to get your thoughts on that game as a whole. And, and it probably might honestly might be the biggest question of the slate is what are you doing with Antonio Gibson at 5,900 and what are you doing with that game overall? Because, you know, with Fitzpatrick on the other side and, you know, the chargers possibly being without Eckler, I mean, and they don't really have running backs other than that. Like we could see Herbert just sling the rock a little bit and, and Fitzpatrick should be able to keep up. Uh, on the other side, but at the same time, Gibson's pass roll uh, should be pretty solidified uh, this year. So what are your thoughts on that game? And what are your thoughts on Gibson? I mean, one, I love him. Um, as far as the game is concerned, like, I think it's going to be a, I, I don't think it's going to be anything that I, 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 I'm fine. One way I, I think you could go is definitely kind of what you talk about. I think going a uh, Antonio Gibson and a, Washington defense stack, I think, is a way you could go. But it's tough because, on one hand, I love this Charger offense this year, but I, I just don't think this is it because that Redskin or that Washington football team defense is, is so damn good. And so it's just not something that I that I that I really want to mess with there. So I probably won't have any Chargers. And then you know, on this Washington football team side, like I, I, I mean, the, their whole defense is healthy back. You know, with, with Bosa and Derwin James is back now, which he is yeah, a real big. problem. Yeah, I mean, and, and so getting it. So this game just is kind of like a I, – I, I just don't probably find myself taking a lot of it. But I do like Antonio Gibson, especially at his price. He's only 5900 And so it's going to be hard to kind of get away from him at that price. But I also think that – I will be interested to see where his ownership is because I think initially people were excited about it, but I think people have cooled off a little bit. Um, just because I think this game doesn't really project to be all that high scoring. Um, neither one of these teams are even in the top 10 uh, this week in terms of just implied points. And um, where you have Washington at, at 22.75, and then you have the Chargers at 21.25 uh, for this week. And so I, I don't know. Like, I think that I don't think you really have to play these guys. I think there's so much value on this slate that. I don't. I don't think you should really feel the need to really play Antonio Gibson in this matchup against the Chargers, right? Okay. I think good. there's going to be much, much other opportunities to do so. I was looking for an excuse to not play him, so I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're on the same page. 
Yeah, I just don't. I just don't think we really need to do that. I mean, why play? I mean, for example, Antonio Gibson. Why not just play Raheem Mostert, who's fifty eight hundred dollars cheaper? Smash matchup. He's he's got a two hundred yard upside. Upside. Yeah, I mean, going against the Lions, and so I don't know. I I, I don't. I mean, even Chris Carson, I think, is probably arguably in a better spot at fifty nine hundred. Um, and you know, in a game that should be high oh. scoring, a touchdown upside. So, oh. Oh. that's like. Taking a taking a sip out of a vodka bottle in the morning when you thought it was water. <laughs> That's the reaction you get when you when you say Chris Carson's name. Walido in here with the super chat. Let's talking go, about Kamara. Traquan might miss week one, so Kamara could have twenty targets. I guess it's possible, um, especially if Jair Alexander shadows uh, Callaway. With we'll talk we'll talk about that. When we get to wide receiver, but also nice to have this show back. Miss y'all. Thank you, Walido. You know you're always uh, our number one, my man. Well, we'll talk about Callaway because there that is a narrative I've heard all week about Callaway. Um, is that uh, you know Jair Alexander? But we'll talk about that. <clears throat> In terms of the rest of these running backs, is there any value running backs you're wanting to play this week? Nope. I'm not getting. I'm not. I'm not messing with it. I'm taking. I mean, you've got Aaron Jones at 6,800, Mo- Mostert at 5,800. You know, we talked about a little bit about um, James Robinson at 6,400, even though he might be popular. It's just, and you're going to pay up for McCaffrey. I am going to pay down at, make, get my value at defense, tight end, and wide receiver more than likely this week. I'm not, running back is the one position I, I just hate getting cute at running back because you really have to luck box into, you know, a long touchdown and getting a guy who scores multiple touchdowns like, if you were to play a guy, let's say Tony Jones, right? Perfect example. A guy who's going to probably get, what, eight to ten touches um, in that Latavius Murray role? I mean, he has to he has to house one from 60 yards for him to even sniff being a remotely good play, uh, despite him being cheap. Give me, you know, give me a receiver where, you know, they can catch six passes for 60 yards and, and, and hopefully luck into a touchdown, and they, you're sitting at 18 points. So – um, yeah, it's running back. I just hate getting cute at running back. Uh, so I don't know if there's a, a cheap guy that, that you're on. Um, um, we don't have the Ravens on this slate or else, you know, Tyson Williams would be, uh, would be an answer. That would be a little different story. Uh, cause he'd be, th- he's thrust in the kind of high volume role, but, uh, there's not really anybody like that on this slate at cheap prices. A couple of things. I think if there was someone, if you absolutely wanted to play a cheap running back, I think Chase Edmonds would be that answer. Just because a high score game, I think he's likely going to be, uh, you know, involved in the passing game. Though it, it, this is a situation because this is going to be the tough part because there's with 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 it being week one, and I think this is something that we should let me talk about is that we don't really know what a lot of these players' roles are going to be right now, right? Like, yeah, I think like we can James try, Connor, we, yeah, like th- that's why that's a good one, Chase Chase Connor and and, and Chase Edmonds. That I it seems to sound like it, it very well could be James Connor or uh, James Con- or excuse me Chase Edmonds who's going to be the starter of this in, in this offense. But at the same time, I mean, I think if you look at it, I still think he's probably a guy who's never going to have more than 15 touches in a game. He's he's only had one yeah. goal line carry his entire career. One. I mean, that, that's insane to think that this guy's had one goal line carry. And he's, what, this is his third or fourth year in the league? And he has one goal line carry. So he, we know he's not going to have that. We know that's going to be James Conner's role. And so I don't really know how, you know, how this is going to all shake out, but I do think Chase Edmonds against Tennessee and again, that they're going to be, you know, a high scoring game that he could see 
you know, six to eight targets, I, I think is uh, relatively safe. And so if, at that, at 4,600, I don't mind doing that. I just feel like the, the second point brings me to, I don't think you need to. I just think there's so much value at wide receiver. You just don't really need to pay down back this week. Like I think, and there's enough value even at running back because I think we're seeing a lot of guys, even like a Joe Mixon at 6,200. I don't mind playing them there right? Minnesota's defense isn't a defense that just scares me. I'm like, oh, I can't play Joe Mixon against that. Because you're talking about with Joe Mixon, a running back who's going to see 85% of the touches. Gio Bernard is gone. And so he is now going to be see a larger workload in, in, the, in the passing game as well. So even if they do start to fall behind, he's still going to be utilized as a pass catcher in that backfield. It's And at 6,200, you're, you're generally speaking, not finding running backs. They get that kind of opportunity. So you know, I, I like Joe Mixon at that price range at 6,200. It's just too cheap for him. Um, you know, so I don't mind going down to, uh, you know, with, with him. And then, you know, completely agree. Aaron Jones, I don't I don't know what DraftKings was doing to price him at 6,800. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, other than maybe because of, you know, who the Saints, you know, were as, as a run defense. But it still doesn't make sense to, to price him at $6,800. Only thing I could really think of is why we got him probably that low is because I don't know had has had Aaron Rodgers announced that he was coming back yet by then because I want to say he hadn't. Good question. I'm not sure because their the prices came out like a month early. They might not have. He might not have announced by then. So that but very yeah. well could be why he, his price is where it's at. Uh, but it, it's also it's also because you look right next to his name, you see a red number two uh, against the Saints defense. I think that's kind of why he's gotten priced down too. And I think, dude, I, I promise. That that is the blurbs I've seen. Like I've already seen it on all these big websites. You know, just for talking about week one from a from a season long standpoint. Like you know, your Aaron Rod, your first round pick, second round pick, Aaron, Aaron Jones is is going to have a tough matchup week one against the Saints. Like that's the the, the consensus around the league, and it, it's just not true uh, because this is going to be a completely different defense. Um, and, and the offense is like we always talk about, right? Like when when an offense is is worse. It creates more opportunities for the other team. And yes, James Winston, we know he can score points, but he can also throw a ton of interceptions. Um, and he's not as good as Drew Brees, no matter no matter how much you uh, want to think so, Kev. Uh, but he is not as good as Drew Brees. And the Saints were a top-scoring offense with Drew Brees. So that just, in turn, is going to, I think, lead to more scoring chances for opposing teams this year um, as the Saints can't play as much ball control as they normally have. Uh, and it's just such a good spot for Aaron Jones. I mean, it's the uh, defense is being plugged with, you know, just fill in guys and, and rookies. So, um, yeah, I, I seriously might just, even on my Rogers team, I might just play Aaron Jones cause he can, he can catch a lot of passes too. Right. And that's, that's also something that should be, I mean, that really should be mentioned now that Jamal Williams is gone there yep. that, I mean, he, I mean, I don't think all of a sudden AJ Dillon is going to step into the, they're the true Jamal Williams role where Jamal Williams had what 40 targets or something like that last year. Yep. Three or 40 targets. So that ain't happening for AJ Dillon. I mean, AJ Dillon, I could see 20 targets this year. Uh, and so I think a lot of the, some of those targets are definitely going to go to Aaron Jones. And so we're still talking about the most efficient running back, you know, and the, the running, the Aaron Jones over the last two years, the only running back that scored more touchdowns than him is, uh, Alvin Kamara is the only running back that, that has scored more touchdowns than him. So the, t- the touchdown upside is definitely there for him as well. So I I just totally agree. I mean, Aaron Jones should be a lock button for most people, but it doesn't seem as many people are on that uh, as as they should be. Um, what 
so in terms of Alvin Kamara, do you have any interest in him this week? Because the, we know that they're probably going to be playing from behind every other. They're going to throw the ball. Alvin, I mean, I do think Alvin Kamara could see 10 to 12 targets this week, and I don't think that is hot. No, I mean, I, 10 to 12 might even be low. Like, we might see him approach the 15 target range. Um, and, yeah, I absolutely uh, have interest in him. And, you know, I think it's a real interesting spot to – I wouldn't just say, you know, just play Kamara over CMC, but I mean, if you can figure out a way to play both or, you know, if you are looking for somehow to get that leverage or maybe you're, you're stacking the chiefs and you just don't have the salary to get up to CMC or something. Um, I think Kamara is, is a great play this week. I, I love that green Bay New Orleans game. Uh, he will be my run back on, on my Aaron Rodgers team. Uh, yeah, I, there's just no way to get around it. I mean, on a full PPR site, like DraftKings, uh, he has legit 15 target upside. The only concern I have with Kamara this year is going to be his touchdown numbers um, without Breeze. But they've been his touchdown numbers have been so ridiculous, anyways. That I mean, he might regress to like a normal touchdown number for him, and it's still going to be like top five in the NFL. So um, I'm not going to worry about that too much. So yet yeah, the the reception upside alone has me very interested in him. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I think, uh, especially even just his price tag considering, I mean, it's 8,600. He's also a player that's usually much higher than that. So yeah. I think you're getting a little bit of a discount as well. And I think people are going to look at it and say, well, I could play Alvin Kamara at 8,600 or I could pay up to 8,800 for Derrick Henry, or I could pay up to 9,100 for Dalvin Cook. And I don't, you know, I think people are going to prefer to do that rather than paying the $8,600. And they're going to look at this offense going against Green Bay, you know, and the narrative that, you know, now that Drew Brees is gone, you know, Captain Checkdown is gone, that uh, he's <laughs> just not going to get those kind of targets. And I think that's ridiculous. Sean Payton is a excellent, uh, you know, offensive-minded head coach. Believe me, he's going to figure out ways to get to manufacture touches for Alvin Kamara this year. The, you know, Alvin Kamara is not all of a sudden going to get 50 targets in this offense. Some of those takes that I've seen are absolutely ridiculous um, and really based on nothing. So uh, I, I like that at 8,600. And I will just say this, uh, I'm absolutely not – no, no way, no how playing Derrick Henry at $8,800. Whatever he has priced, only $300 less than Dalvin Cook. Uh, I will be out on that. That is going to be a big no from me. Yeah, no, I'm out. Yeah. Okay, so I think we've pretty much covered the running backs that we like here the most. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. You know, obviously Aaron Jones is lock button in. You know, I think there's, you know, I think you could play James Robinson. Just understand the ownership project, ownership that's probably going to be coming in for him. He's playing Houston. It's a great matchup. I think a lot of people are going to want to play James Robinson. I don't mind Miles Sanders at 6,500. Um, I will say that. However, Atlanta's run defense was actually pretty decent last year. And so I think if he's going to get them, it's, he's got to get there through the air. But at 6,500, if you're wanting a little bit of a pivot off of James Robinson, I don't mind Miles Sanders. Uh, and then Joe Mixon, I think, is in play at 6,200. And I really don't have much of interest of any running backs that are in the 5K range outside of really Raheem Mostert uh, for me. So is, is there anybody else you want to talk about or you want to jump over to wide receiver? No, just the the the, the Arizona guys are – I think you, you're fine playing one of them. I, I think one of – like Connor would probably be the guy that I played uh, just because he can catch passes – uh, and he likely gets the goal line role. Like I, I see Connor getting the Kenyon Drake role personally, and Chase Edmonds just keeps uh, his role that he had last year. And I mean, if Kenyon Drake was 4,500, uh, we'd be playing him this week, right? Against Tennessee. So, 
you know, I mean, Connor, I mean, before he got hurt, I mean, he was turning out hundred yard, hundred yard rush games. So I, I don't, I'm not willing to write Connor off just yet. And I, I think he's an interesting play for cheap and he would be the cheapest that I would go. But I think other than that, we can move on. Oh, I agree. I, th- I think they're both in play. If you want to play one of them, I think they are. And I think this is where it comes into, like, if you have a lineup that you absolutely love and if you only have, you know, $4,800 left, at, you know, at a running back spot, you know, plug in one of these guys. I think you could definitely do that. And I think it's not a bad a bad way to go. I think of all the cheap running backs, I think, you know, those are the only two that I really would feel any, that I feel like great about. Listen, I love Ty Johnson. I have been pounding the table for Ty Johnson. And I think, you know, you could go there, but it's just way too thin of a play without really knowing anything else. Like, I, I think it's just a complete gamble uh, to play somebody like Ty Johnson for the Jets. Uh, so I, it would have to be those only guys that I would think of. So anyways, I digress. Let's jump over to wide receiver. Listen, this is probably the most interesting, and I think this is where you're going to win this week is figuring out those wide receivers because there is such a wide range of wide receivers that you can play this week i mean there are multiple 3k wide receivers there's so much value this week it's not even it's not even funny but let's start Devonte adams 8300 tyree kills 8200 calvin ridley 7900 is going to be really hard for me not to have a lot of, of that especially against that defense uh but he's 7900 deandre hopkins is 7800 Justin jefferson 7700 stefan Diggs 7600 dk metcalf 7500 AJ Brown, what are you doing? DraftKings only priced him at seventy one hundred because I'm going to have an absurd amount of AJ Brown against that against that Arizona defense. I mean, the secondary for Arizona's defense is absolutely atrocious, and I think I, I know they just uh, lost one of their other their corners to retirement uh, here recently. And then Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones at sixty eight hundred, and then Tyler Lockett. Terry McLaurin, only 6,400, which seems a little bit too cheap for him. Deontay Johnson, 6,300. Juju at 6,200. DJ Moore at 6,100. And Jarvis Landry at 6K. So here at the wide receivers, I already talked about, I'm going to have a ton, a metric fuck ton of A.J. Brown. I absolutely love him in this matchup. I think he is going to smash this week. There is not a single corner that Arizona has that's going to be able to stop him. And now you can't just double team him because you got Julio Jones on the other side of the field that you're going to have to worry about here. Um, I definitely think he's going to play. I'm not going to worry about Julio Jones. I know he's been limited throughout a lot of uh, you know the offseason and everything else. Not worried about that. But A.J. Brown at 7,100, I it's going to be hard-pressed for me not to have a lot of them. Now, Calvin Ridley is also somebody because there's nobody in the Philadelphia secondary that I'm – Darius Slay is not the same corner he was two or three years ago. He has definitely taken a step back. And so I like Calvin Ridley, but I also think Calvin Ridley is going to be really chalky this week. So as a pivot off of him, give me, uh, you know, the $800 in savings to A.J. Brown. Yeah. I mean, like we said, that Tennessee-Arizona game is one of the the most attractive games to attack uh, this weekend. And, I mean, even with, with like, Patrick Pierce and whatnot, as dusty as he is, uh, that Arizona defense wasn't very good, you know, against outside wide receivers uh, last year. And, and I mean – if this Tennessee offense is going to be good, it's going to flow through AJ Brown uh, through the past game, and um, I think we see, you know, Julio is, he's, I think he's, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's going to continue to have his snaps monitored, just like he, you know, always does in Atlanta. Uh, he doesn't play 100 percent of the snaps. I, I think you're going to see a similar uh, in and out rotation with him. 
Um, but it is going to be the AJ Brown show. Uh, he should be the main guy there, despite Julio Jones being in town. So, yeah, I think seventy one hundred is is too cheap for his ceiling. Um, I mean, AJ Brown is is a guy who can go out and, and drop thirty five on your head any any game really, uh, and he can do it on on very minimal uh, targets too. So, damn, Chris Godwin just fumbled at the goal line. That's crazy. Dallas has the ball with five minutes left, down two. Um, but outside of that, I mean. Stephon Diggs, seventy six hundred. I, I mentioned this uh, this Buffalo Pittsburgh game, um, and the receivers there are way too cheap across on both sides. Like Diggs, uh, seventy six hundred. You mentioned the the Steelers guys, both Deontay and Claypool down in the low sixes. I mean, freaking Claypool and Deontay are both guys that can go out and get you twenty five to thirty. Um, and the Steelers are one of the pass heaviest teams in the NFL, and so is Buffalo. So that that game's got some some cheap pieces for got for guys that have solid upside as well. And I think that game goes overlooked. Um, and then we talked about Seattle. Uh, you can definitely play DK. You can definitely play Lockett. A guy that I might not come off of, and I'm curious uh, to hear your thoughts on him as well. I know, I know you like uh, Moster, but Brandon Ayuk, 5700 against Detroit. Uh, that just feels like lock button territory to me. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the matchup that he's probably going to see, have you ever heard of AJ Parker? Name ring a bell? No, that's going to be the corner. That's going to be covered. That's going to get the assignment to cover Brandon Ayuk this week. So, good luck with that, <laughs> he's, dude. Ayuk, Ayuk is the next big thing. He that kid's a stud, and playing with Shanahan too. Oh no, for sure. And I actually, I mean, I guess this actually we didn't even talk about like Jimmy Garoppolo as an option. Um, I just don't think they're going to have to throw the ball that much, to be honest with you. I think they're going to be able to, you know, um, I would just, I think I would prefer to just get like individual, you know, uh, shots at this game, whether it's Moster, whether it's Kittle, whether it's, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk. That's that's the way that I would look at because I definitely would want some pieces of this game, but I, I, there's no way I'm game stacking this game because there's no way Detroit's going to be able to keep this game close. Well, not only that too. How many times do we see San Francisco score like thirty plus points, and it's it's so spread out that nobody really does anything. So you just kind of need to hope that one guy does it all, uh, as opposed to you know stacking them up. I think and just you know get exposure to one guy here and there. In terms of the value wide receivers, you know the five to four K range guys, or even three K guys. Like, is there anybody that really stands out to you that you definitely want exposure to? I want to hear your thoughts on Jacoby Myers with Mac Jones now at quarterback. And I know it's Miami, but let me read you these trends of uh, Myers snap counts over the last three weeks of the season last year. Uh, He played 34, 34 slot snaps, 19 wide, 37 slot, 13 wide, 44 slot, 21 wide over the last three weeks of the season. So he transitioned into a mainly slot heavy uh, wide receiver um, and we know the two big waters, the two big cornerbacks for Miami, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, are on the outside. They play pretty much strictly outside. And uh, last year, the slot corner for Miami was Nick Needham, but they signed Justin Coleman, the the awful Detroit slot corner. Uh, so, no matter which one of those two guys rolls out there in the slot, um, Jacoby Myers is going to have a very favorable matchup. And we know that you know he's been a a coveted target of, of Mac Jones already uh, through camp and the preseason. Um, and I mean, that offense doesn't really, I mean, they do have other pieces, but it's not, it seems like Jacoby has become their number one target. So I think he's very interesting at 5,100. 
I think he's in play, and I think you're right. I think people are going to look at him and see that they're playing Miami, and not really, not really think too much about you know the other the other corners that are there and where he really position positioning lines up because he did the same thing really, um, you know, through through training camp preseason this year. Uh, that's kind of you know where he was lining up, and so I I don't mind him, um, you know, at his price for this week, but at the same time, like I just think. I don't know if he's necessary either at 5,100. Like, it's because I'm trying to, like, what's his ceiling? You know, like, I, and listen, there is no bigger Jacoby Myers fan there, uh, you know, Stan, I, I don't think around than me because I have, I, I have talked about him all offseason. I mean, he was incredibly efficient last year. He was top 10 in yards per out run among all wide receivers last year as well. And so I, I love Jacoby Myers for sure. Um, but I don't know because this game kind of feels like a game that's probably going to be low scoring that, that, you know, could end up being like a 21 17 type of game. And just because of the, you know, the two teams familiarity with each other as well. And so I just don't know if that there's going to be enough there for him though. I don't, don't think he's going to carry any ownership whatsoever, but at 5,100, I'm kind of like, okay, why not just play Tyler Boyd at 5,200, you know, in a game that they're probably going to be trailing. They're going to have to throw the ball a ton. We already know how much that uh, the Bengals play three uh, three wide receiver sets. So Tyler Boyd's going to be on the field a ton. He's the slot wide receiver there, and I think where a lot of the uh, the tension is going to be going to like T Higgins, where Tyler Boyd I think can eat in the middle of that uh, Vikings uh, or defense. The Vikings defense is going to be better this year. You know they did get Daniel Hunter is back this year. They upgraded the the corners a little bit with bringing in uh, Patrick Peterson and also uh, Rashad Breeland is also there now. But I mean, those we're talking about aging veteran uh, D, or DBs as well. But Tyler Boyd's not gonna have to worry about that anyways because he's playing it within the slot. So for me, like I, I, th- I think Tyler Boyd just make, was a little bit more interesting. I also think somebody like Sterling Shepard, with all with all of the question marks that we have around, it doesn't sound like Evan Ingram may, may not play. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay's been banged up. You know, and so like Sterling Shepard could absolutely eat in this offense. Uh, Canarius Tony's also hurt. And, and so, you know, in a game that they very well could be playing from behind, I think at 5,100, I think, you know, Sterling Shepard could see 12, 12, 12 to 14 targets this week, depending on how things play out there. Um, LaVisca Chenault now with Travis Etienne. I think they're going to be, you move him all around, manufacture touch as well. So I guess what I'm saying is I just think there's a lot of other players. Like I don't mind Jacoby Myers, but I, there's just so many wide receivers in this range that I just, I think there's some other ones that I would just rather have. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree. As he's not a guy that I'm gonna be jamming in, but if I were to with salary, you know, if I were to land on 5,200 remaining, I think Jacoby would be the guy in that that range that I would play, uh, especially because he's gonna be much lower owned than all those other guys. Um, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, scrolling down a little bit, uh, I think the the Cardinals receivers are very interesting. I think you know one of AJ Green or Rondale Moore. Uh, could have a big game out, other than DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Valdez Scantling, I mentioned how I love Green Bay, that Green Bay offense. Uh, Valdez Scantling is the number two wide receiver there. He's 3,700 uh, against New Orleans in that, in that makeshift defense that they now have. Um, so he's very interesting. Uh, Devontae Smith, number one wide receiver in Philly, 4,500. I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of value wide receivers. Um, and then that's not even taking into account these guys down at 3K. Uh, like Terrace Marshall and whatnot. So just real quickly sum up these these 3K receivers for me. Uh, are there any guys that, you know, you are just think they're going to be so popular that you're just going to avoid them completely? 
Um, and then are there any guys that stand out as, you know, you just want to jam them in almost every lineup you got? Well, uh, there, there's, a, there's a few. Um, one, I know he's not – I mean, he's 4,100. But Michael Pittman at 4,100 is absolutely ridiculous, especially with Carson Wentz back. Um, that, that Carson Wentz is going to be healthy. Offensive line is going to be good to go. So I, there's nobody in, in the, C, the Seahawks secondary that, wor- that worries me whatsoever. And so – Run back the Seahawks sack with. Yeah, and so Michael Pittman, 4,100. I think that is definitely a way that you could go. And also T.Y. Hilton being gone. So you're going to have much more of a consolidated target share as well to Michael Pittman. I I think Paris Campbell is also in play uh, here, somebody that people aren't going to want to look at. And if I'm paying down at a wide receiver where I think there's going to be a lot of, of ownership come in um, – Compared to when we're talking about normal 3K wide receivers, but Paris Campbell's $3,700. And I think people would probably prefer to pay down because I think Terrace Marshall and Elijah Moore are probably going to be the two guys, especially if Jameson Crowder misses uh, this this week. Uh, I don't know if he cleared COVID or not. I have not seen uh, at this point. I guess I'll look real quick. But so I do think that if he is, Elijah Moore is going to get a lot of ownership. I mean, it's been Elijah Moore hype season for most of the offseason, but. So when I talked about Marquez Cowboy, and a lot of people, I've heard this narrative all week that it's a terrible matchup. It's a terrible matchup for Marquez Callaway. You know, you know, uh, uh, Jair Alexander is going to shadow him the whole game. And I'm like, no, he's not. Jair Alexander didn't shadow a single game last year, past week seven. They stopped having a move. Okay. And so like, he, he does not shadow. And there's zero chance that the Packers are going to shadow Marquez Callaway with Jair Alexander. You're not, you're, they're going to allow them to play sides. Okay. And so that means that people are going to be completely off Marquez Callaway at $3,400 because of that. I do not mind playing him because I think what we saw, I think there's, there, I, there's nobody else there. It's him, it's Traquan, it's Adam Troutman. Sounds like he's good to go. He was not even on the injury report. But who knows about that? That's that's a muddy situation between Troutman and Juwan Johnson. But I think Marquez Callaway could see 12 targets, 10 to 12 targets in this game. Like, it's definitely in the range of possibility. We know Jameis Winston will chuck it deep anytime he gets an opportunity to do so. Marquez Callaway, I mean, listen, I I know it was preseason, you know, but – those were some special plays that we saw from him make, you know, in that game. And there's but well, all we've heard all offseason is uh, how well he's played and how good he looked. And so while, yes, I think he's going to see some Jair Alexander for sure, he's not going to get shadowed by Jair Alexander. And so I, it's a tired narrative that I've been hearing all week, and it's, it's not true. It's the same thing with Jalen Ramsey. Like it, people say the same thing about Jalen. Jalen Ramsey doesn't shadow either. He plays his side, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to move Marquez Callaway all around the field. He's going to play in the slot. He's going to play on both X and Y. And so I think Marquez Callaway is definitely in play, and I think there's not. I don't think anybody's going to want to play him because everybody's going to be perceiving that he's going to get shadowed by Jair Alexander because that's all I keep hearing. Yeah, no, I mean, he's definitely in play at 3,400. Um, I mean, even if he does get shadowed, his volume is still going to be good enough for a 3,400 wide receiver. And he's still a talented enough wide receiver that he can pay off. Um, he might, if he were to get shadowed, I mean, it would take away his ceiling, but I think his floor is still high enough at 3,400. And I know in GPPs, you need the ceiling outcome. Um, but I, I guess my argument is that the ceiling outcome is still there, I think. Um, so he's definitely somebody that I'm, I'm going to consider uh, still, especially if Trey Kwan were to miss. Cause I mean, but I guess then the, the counter argument is if Traquan's out, then why then why not use 
Jare uh, to, to shadow because they the Saints literally have nobody else. But I, I just don't think you'd be worried about it. I mean, I don't think you would feel like, do you like, is Marquez Callaway something that you are, are feel threatened by? I mean, I guess maybe, or maybe if he has a, a quick start, you know, and he, he's really producing yeah. early, and maybe they maybe they move to do that. Yeah, uh, it's possible. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But like, I just don't think it's. I think it's kind of overblown from what everybody's uh, trying to make it out to be. And not to mention, he's thirty four hundred dollars. He doesn't really need to do a ton either, just to pay off that price and and to make him worth it. And where I think so much ownership is going to come in on uh, these guys, like like I said, like Terrace Marshall and Elijah Moore, um, I think they're definitely going to be uh, more owned than what he is. So I think that's a mistake. And because listen, you're talking about a number three wide receiver. On the Panthers, which again, I love Terrace Marshall, but I think for the, just this one week, I mean, volume is going to be a question there. Now, can he find the end zone? Absolutely, because the guy is a absolute machine inside the red zone. But um, I mean, we're still talking about a, you know a volume problem there. With I don't think he's going to be able to see the volume that Marcus Callaway is going to see, and the same thing with Terrace or with Elijah Moore. Now, I will say, where, where do you think Marvin Jones' ownership comes in? Because he's only thirty. Excuse me, he's only thirty six hundred dollars. Too low. It's too low. Whatever it is, it's too low. I mean, he was basically the. I, I know Chark is coming off a uh, finger surgery, but I mean that's even more of an excuse for Marvin Jones to continue to be involved. Um, but I mean, you're playing Houston, and probably everybody is going to play James Robinson, right? What's a great leverage play? We'll play the number one at the right now. The number one wide receiver is Marvin Jones. Yes. Chark, I think, is more talented currently and will end up being the number one when it's all said and done. But Chark was limited all preseason because of the finger issue and is just finally now getting back to, you know, doing everything. Um, so Lawrence it has the rapport with Marvin Jones uh, more so than anybody else. And w- we know how explosive Marvin Jones can be and playing against that Houston defense. But we talk about playing guys for ceilings. Marvin Jones has a monster ceiling, especially at that price tag. So – I am in. Uh, definitely sign me up for Marvin Jones. Yeah, and it's crazy too because you have somebody like uh, DJ Chark who's fifty six hundred. Like it's not even close. Like DJ Chark yeah. feels like he should be three k. Yeah, he should. Does it, I don't know why they they price him up fifty six hundred dollars. Yeah, it's gonna be hard not to play him at thirty six hundred dollars. Um, it's just it's just incredibly too cheap uh, for, for him, you know, at $3,600, he doesn't really have to even do much to pay that off. But I think there's a real possibility. You're probably looking at five, six receptions for 80 yards and a touchdown. If he does that, I mean, it's, I mean, again, you're looking despite no matter, like people always want to play values just because they're cheap because they kind of have a, you know, maybe they go from two targets a game to seeing five targets that game and they just play them because, you know, their role is slightly increasing, but, in tournaments, you still have to have ceiling outcomes um, to take down tournaments, right? So, like, your entire roster of guys has to have pretty much 20-plus points for you to have a shot at taking down tournaments. Um, and Marvin Jones has that, and he's cheap. Like, that is a good value play in a tournament because Marvin Jones has a path to 100 yards. Marvin Jones has a path to two touchdowns. He's playing Houston. He's 3,600. He's currently the number one wide receiver on the team. Um, it's yeah, that is a good value play. Now, if he starts creeping up to being the highest on wide receiver on the slate, then we, we can adjust, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh no, not at all. I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's probably going to be the highest owned of the value wide receivers 
but he's definitely not going to be. The I don't know that player. he will, dude. I think people get really excited about all the rookies. I I think uh, Rondale Moore, three K against Tennessee in that that massive total game. Uh, Elijah Moore, you know the the hot rookie out of for the Jets. Uh, Terrace Marshall, the hot rookie for Carolina. Like I think all those guys are going to end up stealing a lot of the, this ownership, and I think it's going to be spread out. And that's not even to mention uh, Diami Brown. Uh, with the the Curtis Samuel news, if Curtis Samuel's ruled out, um, you know, Brown slots in as the number two wide receiver there, uh, he could see some ownership. I, that's not somebody I'm going to play, but um, that's another body to take ownership away from like Marvin Jones um, down in that range. So, yeah, um, I guess all of this to some that, that we really like Marvin Jones. You know, you mentioned uh, you really want to play this Green Bay and you talked about Marcus Valdez scaling. Yep. Why not Randall Cobb? I think Randall Cobb, like I don't love Randall Cobb from like a season-long perspective, like somebody that you're just going to like at a season-long league or somebody you want to play every week. But in this matchup, you know, against the Saints, and I kind of like Randall, especially earlier in the year. Like there's been a lot of positive vi- uh, buzz coming out about Randall Cobb and how well he's looked in this offense. And I have a feeling that that that, that Aaron Rodgers is going to want to uh, kind of show why he wanted him so bad, right? Because he's the one that pounded the table for a- a Randall Cobb. They obviously already have that rapport that, you know, built in from all the years they played together. And he's super cheap as well. Like, do you have any interest in including him in a stack of, uh, of Aaron Rodgers? I don't because how does – so it's easy for me to see MVS's ceiling, right? He can he can literally get his ceiling on four catches. He can go four, four for one, 105. Uh, catching like a 60-yard touchdown and then have a touchdown to go along with it. So you're looking at 15, 18. You're looking at 24 points right there for for MVS on a 4-105-1 uh, line. What, what's Cobb's line? Like his ceiling. He's probably, he's probably capped in terms of yards, right? Like I don't see him breaking, eclipsing 100 yards. And so at that point, he's probably got to score twice for me or catch close to 10 passes. So you're, I think you're looking at a ceiling for Cobb of what seven for sixty and one, that's nine, that's nineteen for his absolute ceiling. Um, whereas MVS, I mean, he could go over the four one hundred five one. He could he could go six for one thirty and two, um, because he has that explosive ability. Whereas Cobb is more uh, short 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 passes and and, and volume driven. Um, and he, you know, Cobb has been utilized near the goal line for the past few teams that he's been on. So. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to catch touchdowns, but I guess it's just you're playing touchdown roulette at that point. I, I think he has a much safer floor than than what uh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And, and so, while I don't think he has quite a high of a ceiling, but I do think that at thirty eight at thirty nine hundred dollars, I, I don't really mind it, especially maybe just included in a stack. Um, so let, let's try to wrap this up. Let's move on to tight ends, but I do want to just hit on a couple really quickly wide receivers and then we could then we could move over that we didn't really talk about so we are not doing disservice to especially this kind of middle part wide receivers but um you know we talked about like you know like i already mentioned tyler boyd i think you know Corey davis is definitely in play uh jerry judy we did not bring up but he at 4800 i absolutely love this matchup he is likely going to play the, i would say the majority in the slot with Cortland sutton back now um, and so I think with with him playing from the slot, he's not going to see James Bradbury. So I do I do like that, and I think he probably leads the team in targets at least for this one week. So I like him quite a bit in this matchup against the Giants. And then T Higgins, forty seven hundred, that is incredibly too cheap for him. He's the number one wide receiver on 
uh, on the Bengals and a game that they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to be playing from behind. Devonta Smith at $4,500 is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And so definitely didn't want to leave here without talking about him. This is a great matchup. Listen, if I'm going to stack anybody with Jalen Hurts, it is definitely Devonta Smith in this matchup against the Falcons. There is not a single corner that worries me whatsoever in, in Atlanta. And so yeah. – I like Devonta Smith at his price tag of 4,500. We already talked about Michael Pittman. Love him and Paris Campbell and stacks with Carson Wentz if that's if that's the way you want to go. Or as a run back on you know a Russell Wilson uh, stack as well. And then I already talked about the top guys that, that I love, which is Ridley and, and A.J. Brown. I love both of those guys, but breaking news. So <laughs> is, is, there, is there any other wide receivers you just want to hit on really quickly or do you want to move over to tight end? No, I think we can jump on over to tight end. All right, so tight end is pretty simple to me, and it's going to be straightforward. I, I'm going to yep. play either. I'm either going to play Kelsey. I'm going to have some Kittle, and I think Hawkinson can be involved in the conversation. But I don't really love the matchup with that defense that San Francisco has. If not, I'm just or oh, excuse me, Kyle Pitts. I definitely think Kyle Pitts is in play at forty four hundred dollars. Uh, the Eagles have absolutely zero anybody that's going to be able to stop him. That's going to be able to hold him back. And yes, I get it that he's a rookie, and I know he's had a lot of hype. But he's not just a he's not just a, a tight end. He's a wide receiver that's designated as a tight end. The dude's a monster. There's nobody on this on this Philadelphia defense that's going to be able to slow him down. So I like him. Now past that, I'm paying down at the tight end position. I'm going to punt and I'm going to take some shots on a few guys here late. You know, if you want to go Gerald Everett in a uh, stack, I don't mind that. Tell me about Tyler Croft. Many many moons ago, if you've been listening to this podcast <laughs> long ago. Tyler Croft was go. a guy that I was all about that life, that Tyler Croft life. When he played for the Bengals, he was minimum $2,500. You are actually, I was pounding the table for Tyler Croft, telling everybody that they need to play Tyler Croft. It's Tyler Croft week. And there were some other podcasts that, that I know heard the take and uh, tried to make joke of it. Well, I got the last laugh whenever he had like five catches for 60 yards and two touchdowns, and he was uh, sub 1% owned yep. that week. And, and so am I saying that's what's going to happen this week? No, but he is the only, he is the tight end. There's no other tight end. They traded Chris Herndon, so he's definitely the pass-catching tight end. He's only 2,500, so if you want to punt, I don't mind it. Like I think you could see three for 30 and a touchdown, and if he does that, you are happy. Yeah, I don't hate Croft. I mean, like you said, there's no other tight end on that Jets roster. So um, definitely an in interesting uh, play there. Um, I think if I'm going down there, though, what is, uh, what's your thoughts on Ferkser for Tennessee? Do you think he's going to get a lot of, lot of ownership? Because, um, I mean, that's, that's very cheap exposure to that highest pace, fastest pace, one of the highest total games of the slate. Um, and a guy, Ferkser played a lot of big slot last year. Uh, we know no Johnny Smith uh, there this year. So um, thoughts on Ferkser? I don't mind him. I, I think it's just part of the stack. I'm not going to be like aggressively going after him, but I definitely think if you, you know, in a stack with, you know, if instead of playing like A.J. Brown and Julio together, if you want to do that, I think maybe going A.J. Brown and Ferkser is definitely a way to get different and separate yourself, get a little bit of leverage on that, because I think most people are probably just going to stack Julio with A.J. Brown or just go the one, you know, you know, on the one side or whatever. And so I don't, I, I don't mind it. It's just not something that I'm going to, going to go out and like, I have to get a, you know, a piece of this, but I, at $3,200, uh, I definitely think he's in play in this matchup. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's the cheap guy that I've been zeroed in on kind of outside of that, man. I, I mean, 
I guess Gerald Everett's a little interesting for Seattle. I mean, we've seen Russ target the tight end position before. He's just never done it to one player. He's kind of spread it around like Hollister and Disley and guys like that. So, I mean, Everett's, I mean, is Everett the most athletic pass catcher he's had so far? So, I mean, I think he's interesting and does, and Indy runs a lot of zone defense too. Uh, so definitely a, a good spot for a tight end. I'll have to, I'll have to do some more digging on Everett, but I, I definitely think I'm interested in him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think that, you know, kind of like we talked about these other guys, like I think that uh, I could easily see a touchdown coming his way. And yeah. so um, I, I don't I don't mind that one bit. Um, you know, and I think there's always been this narrative that Russ doesn't really target his tight ends, and I think that's just ridiculous. It's not even true. It's just uh, – Yeah. She's uh, never been a guy there. He's just been spread out to multiple guys. And then when it happens, but we've also seen guys break out and then they get hurt, right? I mean – Yeah. I mean, all I mean, almost all of them seem to get hurt. So hopefully, it's not a a, a curse, <laughs> right? But as of right now, like that's really kind of where I'm at. Like, I mean, what about I, Dan I'm, Arnold, I'm well. Dan Arnold is always in play. Okay, Let, let's be He's honest. He's playing the uh, Jets. I know, uh, Mr. Air Yards. Okay, yeah. Follow the Air Yards, and you'll and, and you'll do well at you tight end. Prosper. Yeah, I think so that, I think that's that, good for tight end. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, Tyler Conklin, a twenty nine hundred, whatever. I wish we could play Adam Troutman, but I don't really know what to make of him at this point. Um, you know, he was a guy that I was all about, and then he played in two preseason games and didn't see a single target. So that was concerning. But he is back, and he's not on the injury report. So if you want to take a shot on Adam Troutman, 2,900, no one's going to have you on him. Let's jump over to defense. Listen, Hunt. I cannot pay up for the 49ers nope. at 4,200. The Patriots Hunt. at 3,900. I just – I mean, I guess you can this week because there's so much value. That I guess if you really wanted to pay up at tight end uh, or at, at defense, you could um, because there's just so, like I said, there's so much incredible value this week that it could allow you to do so. But I pretty much just automatically fill out my team and then whatever amount of money I have left at tight end or at defense, then I just lock in the Bengals or the Falcons or the Texans or whatever. But is there yep. any low? Is there any low price defense that you have any interest in? Um, not really. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna end up punting with one of them just because uh, that's what I usually do. But I mean, if I was choosing one down there, I mean, I think Buffalo is interesting against Pittsburgh just because Pittsburgh uh, 2500 just because Pittsburgh throws the ball at a near league high clip, uh, and Ben Roethlisberger can turn the ball over. Um, so I think Buffalo is interesting. Not that I absolutely love them, but um, if I can find the extra 500 to get the Buffalo over a 2k punt than I will. But I mean, again, defense is so unpredictable that, you know, I'm fine with just punting defense and getting in all the other guys that you want, but above them, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show at the running back position, I think the Vikings are very good uh, defensive play this week against Cincinnati Burrow Burrow's first game back off injury. Uh, they're dealing with some O-line issues. Um, Minnesota made some defensive upgrades uh, in the offseason. So I think that's a game Minnesota can win uh, and, and play from in front the whole game. So uh, more pass attempts for a Cincinnati team that's already going to throw a lot. Uh, I think I think Minnesota's interesting, and 3K is probably the highest I would go if, for, for defense. I, I mean, I, I don't mind the Broncos at 3,300. They're playing the Giants against with Dave, sorry-ass Daniel Jones. Uh, so – I mean, in this offense, they're already really banged up. Uh, you know, Saquon, who knows how much he's going to play. And so, you know, at, at, at $3,300, um, 
I don't mind that uh, if you want to pay up a little bit, but I'm just not going up to the upper tier of, uh, you know, the, the Patriots or the, or the 49ers. I just don't think yeah. there's any reason to do that whatsoever. Nope, there isn't. So, all right. Well, then I guess that pretty much wraps this up. You know, we got through week one, but we, of course, we cannot get through week one without building our first Millie Maker lineup. Let's do it. So, why don't you start it off? How do you want to? How do you want to start this build? Aaron Jones, love it. All right. Then I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to lock in DK Metcalf. Ooh, interesting. You know what? Let's just do it. Let's stack Russ. Give me Michael Pittman, and give me and give me Gerald Everett for the full stack. All right. So that leaves us with $5,300 per player. We still have running back, wide receiver, flex, and defense. I don't know how this will work out. Um, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Interesting. Give me Marvin Jones. That leaves us $4,250 for two players. $8,500 left for two players. Which, if we go 2K defense, that leaves $6,500. And you can play anybody below $6,500. And then we can do defense from there. Like you could go Ayuk and twenty eight hundred defense. Hmm. Damn. I was trying to get Vikings in, but I don't think that's going to work. Um, fifty five hundred. Unless there's somebody in that range that you wanted to. Nah, you'd have to you'd have to play Jacoby Myers at that point. Or we can not play Everett and play Ferkser and then play Vikings and Ayuk. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. A little 2v2 action already to start the year. A little Ferks or Ayuk or uh, Everett and Jacoby Myers. That's that's Matty 2v2 right there. Yeah. Ryan would wouldn't, be proud. Wouldn't have it any other way. So, okay. Final team with Russell Wilson, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf, Michael Pittman, Marvin Jones, Anthony Ferkser, Brandon Ayuk, and Vikings defense with no money left on the table. I feel really good about this lineup. So we are going to lock this son of a bitch in. Week one in the books. The Patriots. It's good to be the, the Patriots. Bucks. Or, yeah, yeah, the, the Bucks won on a last second field goal. I saw Tom Brady in this meeting. Oh, Patriots. Patriots. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I hate to see it. But, hey, you got to be happy with, with, with the way the Cowboys played. Oh, uh, definitely. I mean, they had the lead there. And, and honestly, they missed – an extra point and two field goals earlier in the game. I know one of them was a 60 yarder, but uh, really should have been four extra points on the board and should have had a five point lead in that last drive. But um, that's all right. I mean, they played, they played a lot better than I thought they would. Uh, Dak looked absolutely incredible uh, his first game back. So um, I think they're, they're in for a, a monster year and Hey, maybe you never know. Maybe this is a preview of the N- NFC championship. Maybe we get a rematch uh, come, come January. So. No, for sure. So, an excellent start to the week. And I think there's going to be a lot of great football this weekend. So, um, other than that, you know, I, um, you know, week one in the books. We'll be back again next Thursday. You can follow Maddie on Twitter at MaddieDFS. You can follow me on Twitter at FantasyRat13. I appreciate everybody checking it out. I appreciate all the support. Go over to our YouTube channel. We stream there every single Thursday night. Uh, and we also have a bunch of other stuff coming out. We stream on on Wednesdays, 
you know, for any season long stuff. Uh, Sunday night, Sunday mornings, we'll be live for live before lock, and then we also go live uh, Sunday night for the waiver or for the waiver wire stuff for season long. But also, Maddie's going to be doing a weekly video for DFS this week for wide receiver. Or not, he's going to be doing a weekly video for wide receiver and cornerback matchups this week. Uh, and every single week from here on out. So you, I definitely should go check that out. That'll be dropping on YouTube. Should be on Friday. So, uh, again, I appreciate everybody checking out the video, and I appreciate everybody checking out the show. We're happy to be back. We'll see you guys again next week. Peace. Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Big man, <laughs> treat you like you're a little man. Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Just not wanting me to be someone else